This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi guys, just another shout out to our uh, podcast sponsor before this episode, uh, FIFA Factory. Um, if you haven't already heard, um, it's a FIFA community online that does 90s overalls set up by Matt Phillip and Rich Anderson. Uh, you basically, you join a league system, you play against other people in your leagues, you get points as mid-season cups, you help each other with ultimate team tips, you help each other with uh, tactic setups, um, you can hopefully try and get your favourite team if they ever become available. Everyone's got the same quality players and it's, it's a barrel of fun, so please do head over to them. And we have the exciting, uh, if you haven't already seen, uh, partnership now with FanHub, which is the brilliant new app, which is um, all about you know helping the fans feel involved and get rewarded for following their team rather than you know it becoming something uh, monetized by some of the bigger corporations. It's a it's a brilliant app worth downloading. Matched with you know it's got score predictions. You can it's got a fan content section based on each club, so you can choose to either follow your own club's news and go have a look at what's happening somewhere else. Um, and we are part of that fan, fan content section now on Hull City, um, which is along with Vavil and. Um, the Tigers, Tigers, blah 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 podcast. So some brilliant content on there for any Hull City fans wanting to hear. Um, definitely worth the download. It's already on a thousand members within the first five days of its launch, I believe. So it's gaining momentum and it is a load of fun. So please do head over and check it out. We we've shared the Twitter handle about. Thanks, guys. Tigers, Tigers, burning bright on hallowed turf, a glorious sight. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? Tigers, tigers, burning bright. Now then, guys, uh, welcome back to the most recent episode of Hull and Back. It's going to be a fairly... Positive one again. Yay. We like positive, positive podcasts. We like them ones. Um, before we start this one, whilst I remember, so I don't record separate segments, uh, we will give a shout out to FIFA Factory, who is still our podcast sponsor. Um, if you listen to the episode, you'll know who they are. It's a, uh, online seasons, FIFA game mode, like league system that's run by Matt Phillip and Rich Anderson on Facebook. Um, massive community, full of players, uh, Multiple leagues. They're on two different consoles now. Uh, great system, great set of lads. 
definitely something to check and bob across to see. Um, we've got our new partnership with FanHub, which you've probably seen. Uh, we've, we have put a few tweets out for him before. A few. How are you finding FanHub? <laughs> oh, it's a great app. I like it a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. So we're, we're excited for that one, see how that one can grow. So so keep your eyes out for these ones because it's, you know, these these um kind of apps are very interactive. So we can have a bit of uh, us to you interaction, which I think will be quite cool. Um, I've got to give a shout out to Luke Turton, who has had me on a couple of his podcasts lately, um, the League One show. He actually got me on the Football Vloggers podcast uh, the other night. I don't think it's been posted yet. I've been looking for it, but I haven't been tagged if it has. Uh, so I'll try and share that one if I can. That was quite fun, talking to a few other podcasters from around uh, the league. Um, so we'll start off then. We've got the Bristol Rovers game. Uh, obviously, our last episode was the preview. We had Kaz on from GasCast podcast. Uh, that was a good episode. It was fun. I enjoyed that one. Uh we won 2-0. Two goals from Gavin White. Uh, what's your summary, Will? How do you think it went? It was a, a, a comfortable performance that we've has been in the vein of the last few games. Um, Bristol Rovers didn't look as threatening as I expected them to be under Joey Barton. Um, they still looked, they did look okay. They looked a bit physical. But we seemed to nullify them quite well. Um, yeah. And I thought it was nice to see someone different score the goals as well in Gavin White. Yeah, I was pleased for Gavin White because I feel like when we first signed him, um, he looked the real deal. And obviously, he got that he got a goal in he on his debut. Or was it the second game? One or the um, other, yeah. And he looked he looked very good. And it was a shame that that injury knocked him out for a bit because I think we struggled when KLP had his little bad run of form and McGinnis was still you know coming back to full um, fitness. We needed him, I think. Um, we gladfully had Wilkes to step up and sort of carry the goal-scoring trait for a bit. Uh, but now that he's back and he's got a couple of goals, you know, getting back into the swing of it, then uh, hopefully that's another player there that's going to help us just continue this run. Um, I thought he played okay. Um, he obviously didn't pull up trees, but I think he's one of these weird ones because I think he plays better on the right than he does on the left. He seems positionally a little bit out of it on the left. But he's, he played on the left and picked up two goals, so you can't really complain. Can no, you? not really. And it was funny because I was <laughs> going into the game, I was I was actually concerned at the loss of um, dropping. Who was it? Who was dropped in that? It was Kill, Killian was Potter, wasn't it? Who had been he... dropped? I think. Yes, I think it was. Yeah. And I thought, hmm, I wasn't sure about it at the time, just because he was starting to play a bit better. Um, but it was the right decision. Yeah, he seamlessly went back into the side, to be fair. And I think it was good for KLP to to, to probably miss a game, to be fair. Because um, I think it's easy for players to get stuck in that kind of rut. And since his little um, contract fallout in December, he, he hasn't seemed the same. Like, his performance levels have been there, his effort's been there, but he seems um, not the KLP that we knew from the first half of the season. So yeah, Gavin White coming in. Um, stepping up a couple of levels, uh, seamlessly fitting into that front three, um, helped us to quite a convincing 2-0 win. Um, do you know what I noticed from this game? Um, we, we we mentioned on, on the previous episode that the Barton sides like to be, you know, a bit high press, get in your face, ruin your, your flow kind of team. Yeah. They're going to upset you. Um, 
I thought they tried that, but I was impressed by how City didn't really look and an, under any threat from it. I the, think they almost didn't rise. Like the they almost didn't game, rise to it. Very yeah, I mean, the Fleetwood game I think knocked us for six because we'd had it so easy. Like we'd obviously been winning and keeping clean sheets for fun before that, and then Fleetwood came with this new aggressive style and sort of put us right under the cosh. And I think after the last time that he played Fleetwood, he found like a a system mechan to, to to counteract it. So when he he knew straight away, like everybody knew, we said it on the podcast, everybody knew what, what he's going to come here and try and do. So McCann's credit to him. Um, got a system, got on playing a certain way that just said, right, you can do that and we'll just play around you. Because they just, I don't know if it, it's maybe because Bristol Rovers lack the quality that that maybe is needed um, in that, that kind of system that he wants to play. Because Fleetwood arguably are, are a bit better in most departments so they could do it well they could execute that game plan more effectively Um, but you know he's a new manager coming to a new club so they're going to have to you know um, adapt uh, probably have a bit more time uh, because didn't they dismantle Accrington 4-1 they well I'm not sure exactly because since they've played us they've had a decent well it was mixed results but they've apparently been a decent side I mean they comfortably won the next game. I think was it was it Accrington they played. I'm sure they'd be Accrington. And then they, they had gone two 0 up against Charlton, but they went they lost three two in the end. So there's clearly something there. Yeah, and that's what I mean. Like you could tell, you could tell there was something there about them, but they just didn't really offer us any sort of any. They didn't ask us any questions at the back. We seemed comfortable. If anything, it was it was us being wasteful up front, and I think. Um, other than the defenders trying to clatter everybody, um, it was quite an easy game for them, which was good because you know it gave us another another win. It was it was a home win and more than one goal and another clean sheet, which is always important because we know we were saying about our home form, weren't we? Yeah, um, until recently, it's so it been things average at best. Yeah, uh, did you have a standout performer from that game? Is it silly to ask? I think there's there's multiple performers from the match who had a, a good game. I think Wilkes had a, a had a good game against that Leahy, who I know Kaz was on about when we talked about it. As yes, he did. Um, and he just shot. He just pulled him all over the place. Just he couldn't really deal with him. And the first goal came from some pretty what was initially a really poor touch from Wilkes, but he did some really good stuff to get the ball back and get the ball too white. Yeah, it was a it was a great cross that. Yeah, um, but for me, I, I don't know if there was one in particular, but there was players like I thought Greaves was another one who had a really standout game. Um, it was his pass out that was the cause of it in the first place. Yeah, um, yeah, he's got he's 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 got them long diags on lockdown now, mm, hasn't he? I honeymoon once again was as he always is, and um, when he's on it, yeah, um, and I thought. Another one who's slowly at a slow start, obviously, but now what I think for me they are absolutely one of the first names on the T sheet in Louis Coyle. I thought once again yes. had another great game, another solid game. And obviously you can't rule out Gavin White for scoring twice. Yeah, yeah, well that's what I meant. Like because the thing well, the thing is actually I thought Gavin White had a okay game. Um and he popped up with two goals, but he was one of them where Performance-wise, it was just you know, as you'd expect, kind of 
he didn't pull up trees, but he was just in the right place at the right time. Essentially, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I think I'd have said, um, yeah, either Doherty or Honeyman. I just think them two are, are another level in this league at the moment, especially Doherty. He just seems to be getting better and better. Like, from the end of December onwards, Doherty has just been insane. His consistency level in every game and how he drives the team forward, um, linking up because he drops back, gets the ball off Alfie Jones, runs forward, gives it to Honeyman, gets back in the box, drops outside to get a pass, swings it back out. He just does most of the play now goes through him as well. And I just think it's he is probably one of the best signings of the summer in this league, personally. I don't know if you agree with me. Definitely up there. Um, yeah, so that set us on for, well, set us up for a very good game. Uh, probably one of the biggest games of the season. Going away to Posh. Now, oh, I would be honest, Will. Did you think we'd take anything from that game? I was scared for this match. I really was. Um, I thought, I, well, I would have been very happy with a draw. Quite put it that way. I would have been very happy with a draw. Posh's form. Although it was faltering slightly, was still there was still a team to be feared. Obviously, they they were they were up there with us, rightly so, um, and they're the top scorer in the league. And the way we play football, I do not trust on a pitch that looks like it's never been ploughed ever in its life. <laughs> yeah, the pitch was terrible. I thought the KCOMS pitch a few weeks ago when we played was at Lincoln in the cup was abysmal. Yeah, Christ Almighty. Yeah, Peterborough's is very bad. I think. Um, I mean, even fair play to them if they're it, playing on by every week. mentioned it too. Yes, you'd think it'd hinder them, but but I suppose they'd get used to it, wouldn't they? So they know how to. I mean, they 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 started very well. well. I was yeah. Going into... I was worried going into it, and I got even more worried within ten minutes because yeah. we should have been out of sight. We should have been yeah. done and dusted within about 10, 15 minutes of that starting that match. Yeah, I mean, it was one of them where going into it, I was quietly optimistic, but only because of the recent form, you know, three wins on the bounce, um, three clean sheets. It just looked like we'd got that balance back again. But your only issue with, you know, playing the likes of Bristol Rovers then going into a game against Peterborough is you need to, you need to find, like, you can't get away with only being in uh, the first couple of gears. You've got to, you've got to be straight into it. But we seem to be slow starters. I think every game we start in like the first 10 yeah, we, minutes. Yeah, we either like... start the first half slow or we start the second half slow. It's one or the other. Where we have an awful start yeah, there's to the no 90-minute control. I mean, they were they were all they were all over us. Um, and then when they took the lead on the eighth minute, I just thought, ah, I thought this could be I was a, very, very, very worried. Mm. I mean, I, I don't know why I was so worried because... You know, like we said, we always have a slow start, but we seem to grow back into it. We did, but, but they, they, had, were... they had more than two. They had two or three chances, which you'd think a team near the top of the table would have put away, um, but they didn't. And thankfully, they didn't because what was it? About ten minutes after they scored, we get a free kick. Pretty much our first even attempt at getting forward, and Beck loops the header. Yes, in. it was goal out of nothing, and I think we needed it. Um, they came at us all guns blazing. Went 1-0 up. We sort of, you know, quieted the storm a bit. And then 
what seems to be our um, ace in the hall this season is the uh, the set pieces, and we've whipped in an, another good free kick. Was it Elder or Honeyman? I can't remember. This one was Honeyman. I think, it was, I think it was Elder. I'll just check for you now. If you just want to keep going. Yeah, and obviously the free kick whips in and back. I'm not actually sure how he got um, such a uh, a dip. It was like a it was like a chip header. It was he a beautiful. It was a great looping from, header. It was a very it was a very good header. He's found some goal scoring form this season. To be fair, back I'm sure he's on five. Um, it's on five or after six after having no goals at all. Yeah, so he's probably in our top five goal scorers. He's a centre back. Grieve should be up there. <laughs> Greaves is probably <laughs> looking at him with I mean, a bit of envy. Greaves should be our top scorer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but that 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 header gets us straight back into the game, um, and then obviously not long after, um, they get a red card. Which silly red card from them? Oh yeah, it was a very silly red card. I mean, there was a lot of their fans complaining. You know, right. oh, you've only just beat. It was it was it was Honeyman who assisted it. Yeah. Was it? I seem to remember a left footed. Well, that's because one of the other girls in the game was assisted by Elder. There we go. My mind does not deceive me. <laughs> but yeah, the, the, their red card was daft. I mean, you could probably argue that. Um, well, it was a second yellow, wasn't it? And it could have it, it, yeah, it it been a red. I've seen them given as reds. Yeah, I think the first one was. was probably one of them fouls where it was a yellow card, but you've, you've seen referees sometimes say, right, pack it in now anymore after that and I'm going to book it. But he that's his fault for making such a ridiculous challenge when he's already on a yellow. And in the first half in such a big game, I mean, like, he's probably, well, he will have been in, in, in I reckon, a spot of bother <laughs> with, with, all players and staff. Well, yeah. Well, Ferguson, Ferguson himself actually said it. What he thought it was a, a stupid decision by him, and it was a it was a right decision by the ref, which says yeah, it all. Well, when the opposition manager like says it, you know you've yeah. I mean, such a big game in the context of the season, and he's and you go and get yourself two yellow cards in the first half, get sent off, and, and, and you know right when we've started to get a bit of momentum, but about yeah. us again. Um, I mean, we were, they were, we were quite we were quite lucky actually, weren't we? Because I'm they hit the purse with a free kick just before half time. The free kick wasn't what hit the purse, I don't think. And the free kick went very, but they they did smash. There was a really long range deflected shot that nearly went in, and then they they did smash it against it and right and, it, and then time, someone yeah. had a smash from the long range that hit the purse as well. Yeah, but I feel like I felt watching it that after the red card, I I, I fully expected us to kick on and win. Um, their players just seemed to wanted to kick ten balls of crap out of ninety minutes. I couldn't understand why. I don't know if they were frustrated because of the red card, but the second half they were just booting us. I mean, obviously we start well with KLP yeah, straight from the pretty much a couple of minutes in, wasn't it? Like forty eight, forty nine minute, I think it was. Yeah, which also in the grand scheme of the season, I think was a very important goal. Just for even personally, just for KLP to get him back up and running. And yeah, it was. Um, it was. Doherty yes, played was out wide, Elder crossed it in, and he had acres of space in the middle of the box. It was, it was a goal that you'd expect him to put in. Yeah, um, that puts us in front, and that puts us in control. I genuinely didn't think that we'd we'd throw that away. Um, and then 
the penalty. There was no McGinnis to stop it, Wilkes this time. There was no McGinnis to stop Wilkes this time. He could just take it. And it was another. It was another one which was away. definitely a penalty as well. And it came from a, a, a fall. Yeah. It came from a slip from a Peterborough player. So it was kind of a bit of luck as well that we even got into that position. Yeah. But it was a, another. You see, I think that's what we've been doing well recently: is them runs in behind and them searching passes from midfield as we get it to a position where our forwards are receiving the ball in or around the area because it was Honeyman wanted it. It was, yeah. This one, I believe. And it was just on the edge of the area and it was a tackle. I don't think I, mean, he I didn't think he, I couldn't even tell that it was in the area. The pitch was that crap. I couldn't even tell where it was on the yeah, pitch. It was. You could only tell with the, um, the zoomed in uh, replays afterwards. Because obviously I follow. I've just got, I've just got the highlights up now and I just, I don't get well. how that pitch, it's just so bad. It is very bad. Um, but these, there's also one about these runs in behind, even like the likes of Honeyman and Doherty do it, and they're our centre midfielders. He seems to have. I mean, we've been very critical of McCann, but I'm I'm going to praise him at the moment because I feel like we've turned a corner in in the way we approach attacking. Like obviously we went uh, through that little period where we weren't really creating chances and we weren't scoring goals and we couldn't understand what was going wrong. And it, 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 when you look back, we were doing just like hoofball, long, hopeful hope that someone on our when team we, when we, it when up we get and get somebody caught, else in. When, when we get pressed, we seem to rely on the long ball way too much. Yeah, but this, but this is where I'm, I'm now saying that McCann's noticed. Like our weakness now, he's tried to turn into a. Uh, another prong for attack. So when teams press us and we get we get to a stage where we can't play out from the back, you've got the likes of Greavesy or even Coyle, like you know the Oxford game we'll get onto, pinging these beautiful long balls now where we have our front three sort of sat on their back four, even midfielders now, when we just play not just a long hopeless ball to the to the target man. It is now a diag to try and get somebody in behind to get us on the front foot and get them tracking back at goal and getting us in behind, which I think is is has been a massive reason as to why we've now won five on the bounce. Yeah. You look back at some of the goals they have been from a similar like Greaves pinging that long one out wide, Coyle against Oxford out wide, the the passes from deep that are going straight in behind through the middle. We're not pointlessly passing the ball sideways anymore. We're actually probing and we're asking questions of defences because that is where we're strongest. Our front line is very, very dangerous. I think they'd walk into most teams. So, yeah, praise to McCann for, for changing that up, to be fair. Um, did you have a man of the match then? Was anyone a standout? Multiple were standouts. Um, it was another game where I don't think a single player, once we'd scored that equaliser, from that point on, no one had a bad game at all. Everyone had a decent game. Up to that point, there was a lot of people looking a bit shocking, but that was only 20 minutes gone of the game. You can't really base the entire performance on that. Um, but I don't think anyone had anything less than a good game. Um, I, I would say if I had to pick a couple out at once, it feels like I'm a broken record when I say the words George and Honeyman. <laughs> but once again, he was so important. Um, of I think... Yeah. It was it was another game where someone who hasn't who has been praised a bit, but he doesn't take the headlines. In it was another game where for Alfie Jones was so important. He's yeah, been you've he is 
quietly just got on with it in the deep, deep in the midfield, and he just he controls that deep midfield and just links the midfield and the defense so well. He does. I think I honestly think that Jones. Um, obviously, it was a role that Smallwood was doing before, but I think Jones is slightly better in terms of being like a ball player. Um, but in the last five games, he has been like because when our fullbacks bomb on, he drops back and makes it a back three. Yeah. So you've got Greaves, Beck, and Jones. Then that gives our freedom for the wing backs to bomb on and go do what they do best, and you know do an overlap, get a ball into the box. Um, he also. I've noticed the amount of interceptions he does, the tackles, his positional awareness is brilliant, and he doesn't do out stupid. He gets the ball, he plays like a nice one-two, and he gets it up to somebody, you know, a bit more technical like Honeyman or Doherty. He does the simple stuff, but he does it so good, and he does it so flawlessly. It's literally effortless. And I, I was going to say Jones was my man of the match, only because it's like one of them unsung heroes, like... It was a big game where we needed to upset Peterborough, who were very dangerous side attacking. So he had a big job, and I think he just did it brilliantly. Um, I can't say I can't add more to that, to be honest. Um, I would also say <laughs> another solid game for another person who slowly got his reputation built up over the season in Callum Elder as well. I thought he's, yeah, that was another, another good game, got another assist. I know everyone focuses on Honeyman and his assists, but Elder's got nine. He's only he's fourth on the assist table. Yeah, for the whole league. Yeah, I'm I'm happy for Elder. I think I mentioned it before. He gets he's got a lot of stick from a lot of City fans. Um, and I was actually talking to my uncle about it on the weekend. Um, Elder's one of these who, because he does so much attacking and running up the line, there's always going to be a gap on that left hand side. If he's bombed up and gone up near their corner flag. If our team lose the ball and then counter-tackles and get down the left-hand side, that's not Elder's fault <laughs> if they get in because he's up the pitch. He's not Sonic the Hedgehog. He's just gone up to attack. We've lost the ball and they've exploited that thing. But that's just the flaw of our system, not Elder himself. So I've never been one who agrees with um, criticising him defensively. Yes, he's done a couple of mistakes, but which ones of the back four haven't? He was, he's as season. good defensively as Emmanuel is. And Emmanuel got plenty of praise in the yeah. early start of the season. Yeah. Um, and then, like you say, attacking-wise, he's been um, I think he, I think he's... Nine, nine assists. He's rated as the best left-back in the league. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I liked him last season. I thought he was one of our best players towards the end. Um, and I, I thought that he would find this league quite easy and I think he's getting to a stage now where he's fairly comfortable and confident and he's, he's getting to a consistency level now similar to Jones, Doherty and Honeyman where every game is like a 7 or 8 out of 10 at least which is obviously going to result in more wins than, than losses which is happening at the moment so yeah yeah good shout Elder's um, Elder was very good and has well, been very good going back to the delivery thing everyone uh, going, keeping on that train obviously everyone goes on about Honeyman's delivery He's only got one more assist than Elder and deliver when with free kicks and corners. Yeah, I think I don't know. Um, I'd have to go back and look at some of the replays, but I don't know if now um, Honeyman and Elder have decided to share set pieces more evenly now. Whereas in the beginning of the season, I think it was primarily Honeyman. Um, 
But I've noticed now in games, they both stood over a set piece. And because obviously Elder's left-footed, Honeyman's right, the the opposition are thinking, right, these are both very good deliveries of the ball. Where, where are we standing ourselves? Is it going to be an outswinger or an inswinger? I think that's why well, it was so dangerous. I've pieces. noticed the routine's quite obvious when you actually go and look at it. Elder runs at the ball, stops, Honeyman crosses it in pretty much every time. Yeah, and then they do reverse if it's... Well, I think Elder just, just whacks it, doesn't he, if it's him. But I think having two players that are very good from a dead ball situation having opposite feet, so you've been able to, you know, switch it up between in-swinger or out-swinger is, is crucial to... And then when you've got two centre-backs as dangerous as what we've got... I know Greavesy hasn't got his goal yet, but he's definitely... He definitely Christ, should I... have had some. And Beck does have some. I don't know how he's not scarred. Well, so, he has, and then it was taken off of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how. I'd have to. I haven't seen that goal back to be fair. I don't know how. I can't remember McGinnis even being a part of it. I don't know how he's got it. Well, actually, um, I have watched it back. They both jump, but they're like right. What happens is Greaves jumps. McGinnis is like right underneath him, right in front of him. I think what happens is Greaves heads it down onto McGinnis's head. Oh. So it's like yeah, a kind of. Claim. Oh, right. But yeah, so in the grand scheme of the season, that win is massive because if Peterborough win that um, and then still have two games in hand on us, it, it, it makes the title um, slightly well, more the, Essentially, the positions would um, be swapped right now. They'd be on 68, we'd be on 65. Um, and they'd have the two games in hand on us. Yeah, and they'd have two games on. Yeah. So it was crucial, and it was a big win away from home. They beat us at home, so they've not taken six. That points was that was one of the few. Each. That was one of the few yeah. home games as well. I remember when we should have won, and we threw it away. Yeah, yeah. That Surrey kid and Belly had a good game at the Kitcom, didn't he? Did yeah. Did they get? Did get? Did he score? I in believe both? he did, but I'll just. God, crap. No, Clark. Um, Clark Harris scored but... one, and then Belly scored the other. Yeah. Right, yeah, I knew he scored one of them because I can remember him having a very good game. But yeah, that 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 was a huge win, context-wise, uh, which then set us up for the Oxford match. Um, what were your thoughts on that one? It was the the thoughts are very similar to the the, the uh, Bristol game. Really, it was another comfortable, solid performance. What some of that was needed yet again. Another couple of goals scored. It was just, it was just a, a nice, solid performance, which is what we've missed so much in recent times that we've needed, and it's nice to see us finally getting it. Yeah, at home as well. I do think Oxford though, were a lot more dangerous than Bristol were. There were chances that I thought at times where they still looked like they were going to score. I actually, I'm surprised it actually finished two nil. Um, because they, they looked, there were times in that game where they did look like they was going to score, but they never. It seemed to fall apart in the final third for them quite often. Yeah, they, I thought they looked a very good. Well, team. They, they, um, they, were, they were they were very good when we last played the... them as well. There was there's not much change really. Yeah. They are a decent side. They're right up in the top yeah, they've, six. Yeah, they've, they've, they've well. pushed up the table um, recently. I actually, I, I actually put them as to finish sixth. I think on the. Um, Football vloggers podcast I appeared on the other night. I just thought that the, the the way they started the game was 
the way that they passed and the tempo and the, how comfortable they were on the ball. They did ask us a lot of questions at the back and I think that Adji um, and Shadipo really did have Greaves and Beck sort of at six and at, at times they did, bit. yeah. And I thought he was just going to be a... That's what I mean. He, he, he yeah, just, especially he just seemed to fall apart. He just seemed to fall apart whenever they finally got into yeah. that final part. Yeah, everything was great. And then, like you say, yeah, the, the, the bit where it mattered, it, we, we kind of no, got away feels. with it. But we, 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 credit to us, credit to the side, they turned it round um, and we got a nice little brace for Kale. Lovely Fiel, stuff. So happy for him. Um, the, the first goal was was oh, it was fantastic, well, wasn't it? That pass from pass the of the season. It was. I think I can just remember sitting here. And he he literally. Oh just, yeah. You can tell it's intended. That it's not just a, a. It's not a random clearance. That he gets the ball. He looks up. He sees KLP running the back four, which like I like I said said a minute ago. T- tends to be the thing we're looking for at the moment is because KLP's strength at the moment is he's really, really yeah. making the Similar to how Wilkes was a bit of a moving Leahy all over the place in the Bristol Rovers game. KLP just, I can't remember which Oxford player it was, but he was just, he had that yeah. entire defence just in the palm of his hand all game. It, he was absolutely superb. He did. What a game he actually had, to be fair. That was, I think. Probably the best KLP performance of the season. Well, KLP performance for, for as a whole. I think it's his best performance um, for us. Seen. He was just, um, he was just he completely won. on one. Yeah, I thought he's quite actually got subbed. I thought he's quite actually got subbed. Uh, yeah, I was surprised by that. I would have been quite annoyed. I thought. I bet he fancied a hat trick. Oh yeah, yeah I understand I mean, the decision, but I thought when he's just got his second, game, he's on a hat trick. Maybe keeping him on for maybe five, ten more minutes, and then make the change. Yeah, it was literally like he scored the goal, celebrated the goal, and then he was off. <laughs> Which is a bit harsh, but fair play. Um, but yeah, he did make that entire back four sort of, you know, think, what the hell are we up against here? And that pass from Coyle was amazing. KLP's first touch, every single time he received what was quite a um, difficult-to-control pass, he did it with ease. And like that first goal where he takes it down, he just runs at the back four, and he had like that, can we say Bowen-style run about him, where he just gets the ball really close to his feet, runs up, cuts inside, slots it in the far corner. Definitely the the run was Bowen-esque. I think his cutting wasn't as, maybe maybe as the the same, but it was a very similar sort of play from him. Um, His second goal, I thought, was very Mm -hmm. Bowen-esque, even if it was deflected a bit. It was another superb run from him that came from, I think it was, Berk won it in the middle. Yeah, I mean, he... Um, in the middle of the park, Doherty then passed it to Kinley's part. I think he was on the halfway line and he just ran and kept running at them. And he just, he was a bit lucky with the deflection, but it still, it was, it was a run that deserved a finish. Yeah, he did deserve it. I mean, we've had a lot of games this season where we've missed sitters, so we would you... Um, a lucky goal at some point, which we've got. We started to get penalties again, which we never got. Um, but yeah, I think KLP. I don't even need to ask you. Oh yeah, it was KLP. Um, KLP but obviously, going to mention. Uh, obviously, Coyle. Coyle had a great game. 
again as no, well. I think actually no one had a poor game apart from funnily enough. I think I don't think Wilkes had a great game. It was very it was very absent. No, yeah, I was gonna I've wrote that down. He was very quiet. I thought he had but, an unusually quiet game. I oh, everything that game. went forward, everything yeah, seemed he, to go he, through KLP anyway. Um Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I think what makes us so dangerous is that if KLP Wilkes are both on fire, if one of them has a quiet game, you've got the other. Which is why it's so important for them to both be firing on all cylinders. Because if you know, if if we still had the KLP of a few weeks ago, we don't win that game. Yeah, maybe more of a draw. Well, is quiet. KLP is quiet. There was a moment actually that I've forgotten. I've remembered, Um, and it's probably the other person I'm going to say is man of the match contenders, probably Matt Ingram, because was it? It was a one nil, wasn't it? He's safe from that header. Um, I think it was a 1-0. Um, it's a superb save. Yeah, having seen it back. Absolutely superb save. Um, Cracking save. And nothing against Long, but I don't think Long saves that. Um, no. To be fair, that that that, that gives no, me a good question, Ingram. to be fair. Who, who is your first choice? Oh, it's Ingram. It Ingram. I, I, I don't hate Long like yeah. a lot of people do. I think he's unfairly scapegoated a lot of the time. I mean, he has made mistakes. But I think people go well overboard with their dislike of him. Um, but he's not as good as... And I think Matt Ingram's a much better keeper. And I think Matt Ingram's becoming a better keeper with every game he plays. Yeah, I think he, lo- he looks like um, a keeper that's been used to being a second choice. And now that he's got a bit of first-team football, his confidence is rising and he's realising, do you know what? No, I want to be the number one keeper. And his performances are showing it. I think, I, I imagine his clean sheets, I've not even checked, and I'm really tempted to after this now, his, his clean sheets record. Must I don't know how many he's had um, this season, but because I know. He's, he must be, he no, must have the most he in the could do. Um, as a goalkeeper. I know, obviously, in the past five games, we've only conceded one goal in those five wins. So, yeah, and he had he was the keeper when we had that run of clean sheets at the beginning of the season as well. Towards in there, uh, December, now. we didn't concede many, but it, it, yeah, he is. He, I have more confidence as a fan watching Ingram in goal than I do Long. And I think the defence look like they've got more confidence in Ingram than they have in Long. And I think it was Luke from Tigers Bar that's, uh, that mentioned, because he's obviously in the stadiums doing um, write-ups for Vavil. And he was saying that Ingram's a lot more vocal. Um, I'm sure that's what he said. I'm sorry if I'm wrong, Luke. But I'm pretty sure he said that Ingram, you can hear him shouting at his defenders. He organises that back four um, a lot more than what Long does, which obviously I think is 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 crucial in your back four because, you know, as a defender in the back line, you're not going to have as good a perspective as the, the goalkeeper stood behind you. You know, he, he can see who's trying to do what and organisation. It's just yeah safer. I'm just looking um, now. Have you found that? Surprisingly, League One doesn't keep the statistics as obvious as other leagues do, which is annoying. It might be one might be one for the um the obscure stats pages on Facebook that we see pop up where City tend to be in the top two of most of them. Goal scored points one, clean sheets, etc. It's 
it's been quite good viewing. It's a shame we haven't been <laughs> able only. to attend to see it. Imagine the away days this season. I know. Well, we, I've just I've managed to find the teams clean sheets. Our team's had 18 in total. And it's the most in the league behind Sunderland on 17. Though they have played less games. Yeah. No, that's and included tonight. tonight. Yeah. Oh, is it? But yeah, anyway, so them, them, that win leaves us with five wins in a row, like you say, one clean sheet, one goal conceded, four clean sheets, um, which is a massive turnaround from, from where we were um, after the Ipswich game, where everything really looked dead and buried in terms of any sort of automatic promotion chase, never mind the title. 68 points. Uh, it's left us on. Get the table back up. 68 points, 36 played. Um, Peterborough second on 34 played, three points behind us. So, uh, Curr- well, currently, put it, currently only Sunderland could ever take us, as it stands. Based on the games played. No, it's on the games played. And Peterborough. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think the good thing is that it, our goal difference is also superior to everybody else. Sunderland are on plus 27, so they're not too far off of us on plus 32. It only takes a couple of results for that to swing. Lincoln. You would love to see it. I think they're, they're suffering with a lot of injuries, are they, to key players? I mean, Doncaster also. That's I mean, what, sorry, oh, not sorry. What a mistake. I can't believe he left them still. Mm, yeah, well, it's not really still think it's... he left, but... I mean, I was talking to a Doncaster fan the other day, and it's one of them, like... He, Darren Moore, got them playing very well, and he got them into a very strong position, and then it sort of... He just decided to jump ship at the first time of asking, which maybe asks questions of the, um, you know... Possibly. The owner's ambition, maybe. Did they not? Because to me, it just it's, I just think it's madness that he's gone from possible playoff candidates to almost certain relegation candidates. Like, relegation I think with Wednesday. With Donny on the CV well, they didn't win against tonight, did they? Relegation uh, Wednesday, yeah. I mean, at the, it was one. It was one all last time I saw. One last time I saw against Huddersfield. No, but I think I'd rather Huddersfield. It's Wednesday. Uh, we ended one all. To be fair, I don't like Huddersfield. We can go down. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. So he's he's got a bit of a job on there, um, but it's only good news for us, I think. Um, obviously, Kenny Jacket left Pompey. Well, they've fallen well, off the cliff completely. Um, and. Yeah, all, the, all the teams below us are losing their managers apart from Sunderland so... and Peterborough. It's like Lincoln lost theirs, Doncaster. Yes. Oh, no, wait. Doncaster lost theirs, Child lost theirs, Ipswich lost theirs, Portsmouth lost theirs. All those teams that have been around the area have all lost their managers at some point in the season. Yeah. But it leaves. It's only good news for us. I. It's looking yeah. like the top two is going to be a race between us, Peterborough, and Sunderland, which is very interesting because we've got Sunderland still to play. 
Um, which will be a very good game. I don't, so our next six are against 12th or below, and then we play Lincoln and Sunderland. So that's going to be very interesting. Ten games left. Squeaky bum time. Um, so in terms of results then, the teams around us, last night was pretty good night. Could have two out of me if we were to, being to, to quote Meatloaf, two out of three ain't bad. But overall... Yes, very good. So, we had Lincoln lose yes. at home three 0 I watched that. It was. I I watched it. Satisfying. It was. They were <laughs> fucking awful. Lincoln were awful, but they they they, they were similar because I know obviously they lost to Rochdale as well, didn't they? We we didn't mention that before. They actually lost to Rochdale as well on the weekend. Who were bottom of the table? Yeah, the the few a few Lincoln fans have basically Paul... admitted that top six is now going to be the aim because they've just got so many crucial injuries. Paul Mc... um, Paul McShane's so still doing the beast for City. Still struggle. They don't have a big enough squad. Yes, he and loves uh, it. Gillingham Angel, have uh, Robin McKenzie on loan um, from us as well. Donny, which is I've never heard we release him. I think actually, I've he's not that. alone. I'm sure we released but him. There you go, another former City player, Agent McKenzie. Yeah, released him. Some of them were. Donny got battered three 0 by Oxford. Um, Peterborough won. Could have done with Pompey. You know, even a draw yeah. would have been good enough there. Yeah, against Bristol Rovers. brought it back. Uh, they're on the same, yeah. They're on the same number of games as us. To the top they're the only league. other team up there with the same games. Yeah, I mean, the... mm. be interesting to see who they hire to replace. But yeah, I've heard that the Cowboys have been a few good managers still available Sorry, out there. Cowboys will be linked with everybody because they've been out of the job out of a, out of a job for so long. I think any League One team will just jump for the chance to have them. I would have loved to have had the Cowleys, but McCann's doing okay. He is doing fine. And then the other one, Ipswich, lost 2-0 to Fleetwood. So They're currently 7th. The, 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 there's a group of teams now on the fringes of the now, playoffs that all have very close points. Like You've got Charlton, who are currently 6th, but they've played the most of those teams. On fifty five, and then you could Ipswich on fifty four, Oxford on fifty three, Gillingham on yeah, fifty three, Portsmouth on fifty two. All these teams are right on the edge of it. And there's Blackpool yeah. in twelfth, or over only played. As it's, yeah, they, it, they was to say win all their games to be on sixty two points. points, which would put them fourth, as it currently stands. Yeah, so they'd be top four contenders. Yeah. So it's a bit of a mad season because of you know games in hand and everything. Similar to that as well, all, actually. All eyes went Shrewsbury, on who were tonight, in 17th, which was have also only played 32. If they won all theirs in hand, they'd be seventh. This is ridiculous. Yeah, mad league, mad season. Yeah, it's it, yeah, it's it's a frustrating one as well because you don't know. Like obviously, if everyone's on the same points, you kind of know where 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 the league is, but. At the moment, we're sat nice and pretty and fast, but like you say, yeah. you know, when it's the kind of it's both in our there? hands and it isn't in so our it's... hands in a way. It's a weird way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. 
we've we've just got to keep doing what we're doing and and not focus on the others because you like we all say you'd rather have points on board than, no. than games yeah. on hand because you're not guaranteed to win am I? That's the thing you'd expect. Just the, I agree with that. With you also and... you usually you would expect a team in the form of someone like Sunderland to win those games in hand. No. Yeah, you don't want to be chasing. Um, yeah, I would rather be where it, we are now than where Sunderland are. Put it that it, way. With fair, the same games, I'd rather I wouldn't swap our records, yeah, even though they've only lost five and we've we've lost ten. I still wouldn't swap the records. So, given that Sunderland won two 0 tonight, then against Accrington, um, I'm going to ask you for your top three predictions. Oh God. How do you uh, think it's going to finish? Well, I can't not say us top because it's just wrong if I don't say that. <laughs> um, I think <laughs> Sunderland will finish with Peterborough. Yeah, I do. I think Sunderland will finish with Peterborough. I just do think you? there are more... They do look good. They just look a better team from what I've seen, essentially. They just look a better side. And I think I think it's yeah they have. I think it's the worth next pointing out team Sunderland after them lost, lost nine, five. and that's Peterborough. So they nearly lost half as many as the next team. They've lost half the games that we have, but the difference is we've won twenty-one, they've won seventeen. They've drawn, they've drawn twelve games, we've drawn five. Yeah, they've drawn where we've won. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I think they're the biggest I do threat. Think Sunderland are going to be the biggest threat. So about Sunderland scares me. Yeah, I think the game between us and Sunderland will probably be a title decider. I think us and Sunderland will be top two. Here will be third. And I think that the game at, against Sunderland, I think, will be probably the decider. I'm just going to have a look at the fixtures for all these in the teams season as well. Because yeah. um, I, I think Peter Br- Peterborough's yeah, end of the season is horrible because they have to play Doncaster twice and Lincoln as their final three games, and I think that could undo yeah, them. Got a tough finish. But um, Sunderland, I think, have a, an okay running in general because they have they they do have to play Lincoln, Peterborough, and us, but. The end of the season against like, Plymouth and Northampton, they're playing lower downsides at the end of the season. Teams that are probably going to be their seasons are sorted. Good. Mm, yeah, but Northampton. It depends because on the final day, they might not be. going to still be fine for the life. So, play Northampton you know. on the final day. Um, mm, yeah, true. I don't know. Given how, how close that bottom foot, that bottom six is, I think. If it went down to the last day, I think it didn't go down to the last day. I'd be very Somewhere surprised. Somewhere like that at the moment. I'm sure there's only yeah, three points separating the bottom six. Going into uh, at the moment, we have got a better fixture list than those 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 teams. Peter Brelink and Sunderland, I would say. But yeah, we've got games where well, we, it's we, like mid-table teams, well, mid low half-table we've got, teams that. As, as it stands now, we've got Shrewsbury, who are currently 17, but like I said a minute ago, they've got a lot of games in hand, and they could easily go right up the table if they was to go on a run. Then we've got Jilly uh, with the Beatles. The Beatles 1-0. The um, then we've got Gillingham, who look mm, a decent side, to be fair, at the moment. 
Then we've got Crew in 13th. Then we've got Northampton in 20th. Then Plymouth in 16th. So there's a few of those mid-table grouped together there. Then Fleetwood in 14th. Then we've got Sunderland and Lincoln back-to-back. And then we finish with Wigan um, and Charlton. So Charlton, on the final day, could be fighting for the playoffs still. Mm. Yes, definitely. So it's getting to the, the I business would say side the of team, the When you look at the teams in the top very seven, um, I would say the team with the best, best fixture is probably Ipswich. Because they, they only have to play Portsmouth, and that's this coming weekend, and they don't have to play another top six team for the rest of the season. And uh, I mean, Portsmouth are top six anymore. Mm. They have to. So I'm wrong there. They don't have to play a single top six side now for the rest of the season. The highest is Charlton. So mm. it might be where Ipswich might. You never know. Under Paul Cook, he's starting to get them rolling. You never know what's going to happen there. I don't think they'll catch like the top two up, but they might be a good shout going into the playoffs if they hit a good run of form. Yeah, well, with with us prone to having a few bad games in a row, we we just need to hope that we we can somehow keep this run of form going and just not lose games. Really, even even a couple of I think one of the advantages we also have is we're not doing the in, in some big Saturday, games. Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday again, and really that much anymore. Whereas all these teams are, so from a fitness point of view, yeah. it could help us massively. Yeah. Definitely. So it's going to be going to be a very interesting end to the season. Um, I'm hoping we can hold on and finish top two. I fully expect that Sunderland game to be the decider. Um, things definitely heating up. Um, Shrewsbury. Have got anything else to talk about? What who do who do we play next? It's Shrewsbury and Tip. So we've got another game where player to our full capabilities, we should win. Knowing. Well, being Hull City fans, we know that that's... It is away from home. Uh, um, I'm going to be confident. I mean, you can't be on... Yeah, I mean, the back, you know, five wins in a row, four clean sheets. We are lethal away. It's just their physicality that worries me more than yeah, anything. Yeah, they are. They're, 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 they're a decent side. Another side, like... I'm just for the third time I've said it now. I think the league table deceives their particular position. Um, they're a lot better than, what, 17th? Yeah, because when we played them, they, they were, were very low, weren't they? Because Sam Ricketts was in charge, and then once he left, they, they, they... yeah. So it's one of them where it's like Burton, isn't it? Where they've got a side that, that, yeah. feels that they shouldn't really be down there. They've had a change of management. They've gone back to a yeah. a, a better system, and they've improved from it. And the the Burton results suddenly, in hindsight, isn't as more horrible as it place. once was. It's still a bad, it was still a bad result, but it wasn't as no, horrible. They're a very as good it side on that. Initially appeared, looking at their form since. Hmm. Um. So, score prediction. I'm going to um, go with what seems to be our common score now: two nil. Goal KLP scorers. and 
McGinnis, if he plays. Hmm. If he plays, yeah, yeah, we'll get on to that in a minute. Uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say two one with us going one nil down. Um, I reckon Doc's gonna get a goal, and Wilkes back on the goal run. Um. Which would leave us in nice stead. Uh, keep the run going. Six wins in a row would be very nice. Um, so, Fan Hub then. Um, for anybody that's not got it. Uh, new app. Very good. Interactive. Very rewarding if you're wanting to follow your club. Uh, there's a competitive side to it. You've got fans. You get a fan rating. So, you get a leaderboard. You do team predictions. You've got your fan content section, which we are on. So, if you listen to us via Fan Hub, you will get um, a contribution towards your fan rating. Um, we've got the team predictions, which we're going to post fairly regularly on the social media account. Yes, yeah, Rafa, and boring, I think we all me, you, and Joel have all it? gone for the same, haven't we, Joel? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I am, I am half tempted to change it. I'm, I'm going to see closer to the day. Um, but we have gone for Ingram and goal. I think the defence can't be Coyle, changed at the Reece moment, Bear, really. Jacob Greaves, Calamalde, usual back four with Honeyman. All the midfield. No. Uh, although Coyle, that's Coyle's true. Injury, I think he's. A, he I think Grant said he was okay though after the game. You're gonna. Mm. You're gonna change I'm it. Gonna Ninety minutes left, aren't you? That might be an Emmanuel game. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, probably. I'll probably make two changes, to be fair, and then regret it. Um, the midfield three of Honeyman, yeah. Jones, and Doherty. Can't go wrong. Strongest midfield three I think we've got at the moment. Um, and then at the front three of Wilkes, McGinnis, KLP. I think we we mentioned it earlier, didn't we? It's, it's one of them, like... Physicality-wise, you'd probably want McGinnis in there, but then again, yeah, it was one. I, I, I wasn't sure so which well one to go. Really with. I, I, I decided to go with McGinnis over White just purely because Shrewsbury being a physical side away from home might want to have a bit more of a battering ram up front rather than um, just the, the smaller players with a bit of pace. Um, and I feel McGinnis overall. There's nothing against White, because White recently has scored a couple. I, th- I think he just in general has, offers more to the all-round play of the front three as well. I mean, it's, unf- it, 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 it's unfair to drop White, yeah. but I think it's it's more a case I, I... of you're not dropping him for performance. It's not like a performance thing. It's more a case of, based on the, your, your opponents, you're just changing your tactic. Yeah. No. Yeah. Not a not a false change performance wise, but yeah. Coil Coil is to, apparently Coil because was worried he got concussion because he was unconscious one day. But um, apparently he's, he didn't get a concussion, so he should be okay. But you never know. It, it might it might be one of those that where Grant mm. maybe just plays it safe. Yeah, I'll probably be talking about. Yeah, and plays him because it's been a, he, the last few games in a row. Coil's been risk him. clattered at some point in his game. Uh, warrior type of player you need at this at this stage of the season. Um, so what, then we'll go to the, the uh, leaderboard. I like this because well, uh, of us three, you are. Well, I'm not at the top. I'm third. 
yeah, I, you know, but that that goes without saying. But so I'm third, you're fifth. I mean, to be fair, I'm only like point seven or something above you in terms of score. So it's like I've read one more article than you on the fan. It was it was the predictor. Um, oh, I mean, it might have been the predictor. Did you get ten out of it 11? Was the pre- it was the predictor. Bang! There it is because I got eleven out of eleven. You guys all suck. Oh, and then, um, and then, just because Luke loves it, Luke over at I, Tigers I, Blair. I, I knew this go to your head. Lingering down there it. in eighth place, not even in the top six. That's disgraceful. It has. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't gone to me, Adam. Just you know, I'm enjoying it. Let me have my moment. Um, and then speaking, I don't of think I'd call the person who's about to edit your, your own, what you're Mr. saying Joel. disgraceful. It's gonna be a great idea. Twenty-four. Ah, you won't hear it until after it's finished. It's fine. Um, <laughs> so if anybody wants to, you know, see what we're doing, you, you can nip over to the social media channels. You will see fan hub links, etc. It's a very good app. Get on it. Um, not really. Um, I don't want to risk getting arrested for being annoying. So, <laughs> don't say, don't say <laughs> Memphis. <laughs> um, so, on that one, because <laughs> it's just a bit weird. I think Twitter just went had a meltdown. It had a bad Did day. Did you know what happened? When doesn't Twitter have a bad day? It's a fucking cesspool. I'm sure I saw. Yes, exactly. But um, yeah, thanks for listening anyway, guys. Like I said, um, any information or links to to anybody or anything that we've mentioned in here, um, like FIFA Factory, for example, do get in touch with us. We'll 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 bop you over the link that you need. Um. Yeah, I shared fairly regularly, um, especially the leaderboards, you know, starting top three. Um, but <laughs> we'll end that one there. Um, five As always. Let's hope to make it six. Really push on for those top two. Cheers for joining me, Will. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hey it's Paige desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans.